0: Topic, the importance of networking. Our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what and also your interests outside of the world. Take things off with Christopher. Hey
1: guys, I'm uh, Christopher. I'm the CTO of Rails Solutions in uh, Denmark. We specialize in enterprise clients and also help uh, smaller businesses create websites, startups. And everything in between. Um, outside of work, I'm very into fitness and UFC. You know, uh, a strong body creates a strong mind. That's uh, that's my philosophy. Um, and yeah, I've been doing it this full time for about 11 months now, going strong. So uh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, perfect
0: for that. Thank you, Christopher. And then moving on to Frederick.
2: Yeah, hey guys. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Connor, for inviting me to, to this podcast. Really looking forward to having this chat both for you, Christopher, but also, also you, Connor. Um, I do think maybe we can bring some valuable stuff to the table and we move along after this podcast with some more tools, and methods, and maybe some perspectives on, on networking. Um, a bit of introduction about myself. My name is Frederick, and uh, I work at a company called Today. It's formerly known as by consulting stuff that i do there is that i'm a software developer for a product called pension broker and i'm also a product lead for something called cell and um, i'm going to focus more on on my title or my my role as a product lead um, at cell because this is where networking has really been a crucial point for its success but also hopefully Uh, for its future success. Um, And what we do at Salreg is that we try to alleviate the pain that commonly occurs in many mid to large organizations where employees, they would leave the organization because of a salary that is not just or uh, competitive compared to other competitors. So what Salreg does is that we enable companies to provide a fair and competitive salary through a streamlined, secure, and data-driven process. Um, yeah, and right now we're trying to figure out a way to um, expand it into the other business units within uh, today. Uh, it's it's quite a challenge. That's why I also really want to chat about networking because I think it's a crucial for securing some some success for it. So, yeah, that's the introduction of what I Great stuff.
0: I appreciate that from both of you. And I think if there's one thing that excites me about this panel, it's the way that both of you occupy different roles. I mean, you've both got experience within development, as well as experience within management, as a CTO, as a product lead, in terms of leading other people and understanding the importance of networking from that perspective. So it should certainly make an interesting listen. But I mean, now that we've established a little bit of context for each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So I'm aware that both of you have posed some questions to each other to understand a little bit more about network and try and add value in and around the topic. So I'll propose one that was asked by Frederick. How are you utilizing your network? For instance, are you utilizing any methods or tools to get the most out of it? So, because this one was posed by Frederick, I'll I'll send it over to Christopher first. What's your take on this? Yeah,
1: so it's, it's a good question and definitely brings a, a lot of thoughts to mind. I think uh, initially, you know, when I realized that networking working was a very important tool uh, in your professional life, it was actually when I was a student when I initially created my my LinkedIn profile. Uh, because before that, you know, I was kind of in doubt of which route to go in, la- in life, in, in my career. Um, but I quickly realized that, especially within the, the tech industry, and of course in a lot of other industries as well, it's very important to, to be well connected and, and have a have a good network. Um, and the reason why I, I found found this out was because uh, I was watching some YouTube videos from a lot of like tech influencers who are developers, you know. You know, at Google or Facebook, who who have like a, a massive influence, and they spoke about you know that it's very important to to have a good presence in the in the industry um, because there was at that time there still there still is of course a very high demand on on developers. So having a, a good profile, a good experience, and be able to conduct yourself in a professional manner is a very important tool for bringing yourself out there, um, not just to get job offers but also just connecting with other people from the industry um, which I think is a very important uh, very important tool um, because I think a lot of people um, you know maybe they tend to be, a little bit more of the engineering type, as I like to call it to be, so they like to sit and and not be so involved with humans, more be involved with code, which is a tendency that I myself have, and I I think a lot of other developers have as well. I think that's why it's really important to to not forget the human aspects, to connect with a lot of people that you find interesting, maybe in the same kind of tech that you are, or maybe in in another field you're not involved in, but you would like to know more about. And I think that's the best way to, to promote yourself, and also just, just to learn from other people and, and see how they do it, uh, so you stay up to date. And then, of course, also spend a lot of time on, on the coding part because that's at least for us, for the, the, the main part, of
0: course. Yeah, definitely. I think you make an interesting point there. About you're a student, you sign up for your first LinkedIn page. I mean, there may be other people listening who perhaps haven't been up, you know, on LinkedIn for that long. What advice would you give them? you know, for utilizing any methods or tools to to better utilize them than platforms?
1: Um, I think that's a a good question, but I think that many people and I actually have a friend who is actually a a food engineer, so it's also in in the STEM field section, but not not in IT itself. And I've been encouraging him to get to get a LinkedIn profile. He's just finishing his, his master's degree. And he said that, you know, it didn't really make sense for him because he didn't have that many in his network now. And he couldn't use utilize it until he was done, but then i tried to make the point for him that, you know, even he could just be following people that are having the t- type of jobs that he wanted to have. Or maybe someone that he is inspiring him and then you could see the way that they promote themselves and what they've done to become successful and reach out to a lot of people. Maybe not that he wanted to be, you know, a LinkedIn influencer himself. But I think it would be a, a good uh, a good learning mechanism for him just to just to learn from other people in, in the industry. Um, so I think definitely LinkedIn is is my favorite tool for for networking uh, because that's the only current platform that is you know strictly professional. So everything you know in there is uh, is very professional. I think if you do it on on Instagram or Facebook or, or what you what whatever people want to use it might be uh misinterpreted to be more towards friendship or dating or whatever it may be i find that
2: your your point of view is is uh, really interesting and I, I totally agree with the with the linkedin side of it uh, i myself use linkedin a lot i would say not a lot a lot but i do use it to you know get a view of uh, what my network is but the the issue i would say with with linkedin is that it's so broad like, when, when you want to have, like, a really good network, it's typically a visualization of people who are not like-minded, but are in the same skill set as you. And on LinkedIn, you know, I have connections with, you know, family, I have connections with friends and so forth. So, distinguishing out those kind of people that you want to have close in your um, network. I have experienced myself uh, that I use uh, as a spreadsheet uh, when I... Um, joined today. I uh, I started out by making a spreadsheet because I was so new, I was so in- inexperienced in so many fields within IT, so I needed guidance and so I tried to highlight other people in the organization, senior developers, uh, it would be architects, people for marketing and sales because I wanted to know how to develop and expand uh, this product, Celrex. So I made a spreadsheet, and uh, we're still using it in, in the team. So every time we have a question and we need some some expert uh, opinion about it, we and reach out. So we also have contacts for people from Microsoft, uh, regards to tech and other other businesses. Um, so so LinkedIn is as one point, which is super great to have that kind of broad network, but having that really narrowed down network. I don't know, uh, Christopher, if, how are you you maintain your your close relationships and
1: in- um i think for my close relations i don't really use uh, linkedin that much i think it's more for you know for people that i wish that which that i reach out to or they reach out to me uh, usually it's either like for for job offers in my case get either uh, see if we can help with some of our developers or just to get my uh, my feedback on it in general. So for my uh, close relations, I use, you know, either text message or messenger or something like that. So there's a clear, like, segregation on who I communicate with, on with LinkedIn. Not that I am might uh, write to some of my friends on LinkedIn, of course, but then, uh, you know, that's usually not, uh, not what I do. So that's how I separate it, I use the different social medias for, for, for different
0: purposes. Yeah, definitely some good takes there on the, the professional benefits that utilising LinkedIn can provide in terms of expanding your network, job opportunities. But Christopher, you posed a good question to the group in terms of, you know, a strong network is something that will definitely help you in your professional life, but it's also something that can help you in your personal life. So the question you posed is, can networking provide both business and professional gain? Well, business yeah, and professional gain as well as personal gain. Yeah,
1: that's right. And just to uh, to elaborate quickly, um, it's because for me, you know, the, the, uh, my, my network has definitely helped me a lot in the, uh, in the business world, uh, coming back to LinkedIn, that a lot of the job opportunities, previous jobs I've had, almost all of them I've gotten through LinkedIn. Um, but I also, uh, sometimes have like some friends, which are maybe more considered mentors for me, um, which has helped me in more than a, than a business context so some of my, uh, earlier mentors I would also consider friends or at least I would consider some people that I have very dear to me and also have a personal relationship with which started out as a business contract right or, or a mentor as I as I use that terminology um, so it's more like an I guess an open question uh, but what you guys think about the fact that something maybe starting as a, as a business opportunity or as a lead or whatever it may be something in a, in a professional contact uh, can lead to something being personal as well or you rather keep that completely separate
2: separated i think it's a, it's a really good question because uh, some people might want to separate the two of the personal gains and the the professional gains and just having the two separate lines uh, i would say like absolutely you can also get personal gains from from networking um but there is a small thing to it where you know relations built through networking uh, tend to be more sh- shallow in some way uh, because you subconsciously or maybe even consciously uh, are exploiting each other in a respectful way you could say uh, to achieve a certain goal right Um, because networking is is not just making friends it's also because you have an agenda some way even though you want to portray that you actually are Trying to make a close relations. Most people who do networking is because they have something they want to get out of that. So, so for me, I like to to separate the two, even though that I know that uh, for for many uh, they would like to find the two. So, so um, yeah, that, I, I I guess that's that's my take on, on on that question.
0: Yeah, I think I think from my perspective, it's dependent on the outcome you you're wishing to achieve. I think it's dependent on how much you can separate your professional life and your personal life because. I know that the networking I've done to reach out to both of you, you know, it does have a professional game. I get to build relationships in the right places, in Copenhagen, the parts that you work. But at the same time, from a personal perspective, sitting down with two tech leaders, product leaders who are experiencing similar challenges in terms of alleviating the network, it's a great learning opportunity on a personal front. So I think in some respects, the two are interconnected. And I'd love to get your your input on this one, Christopher. Um,
1: it's, a, it's a good question. And I definitely think it's... Uh, it's uh... It's difficult to to say, but I think um, yes, as yes, I mentioned previously regarding my uh, experience, that I've also had some uh, connections that are, you know, have turned into a, a personal relationship as well. I think that uh, for most people, it's probably better unless you have a very uh, long-lasting uh, relationship um, to to try to keep it uh, to, to try to keep it separated. But I can also say from my own experience that. We have had some clients uh, which are like references of people I know personally Um, and I also have one of my really good friends that has also actually helped us get one of our our largest contracts. So I think that, you know, it is possible to have some relationships with people where you both use it for, you know, it's personal and it's business related as well. But I would say that if the relation starts out as a personal relation, I think it's very important that you trust that person. Um, and that you have a really good and long-lasting relationship with that uh, with that person, uh, because otherwise there can can be conflicts that can arise. And I know from from myself that um, my business partner Alexander, who I actually know because I went to boarding school with him, so we knew each other beforehand, but we weren't really you know friends as such. And we started our our business relation based on knowing each other, but not being good friends, which I really think has has helped our relation quite a lot. Um, because now we've grown to to be the best of friends but it was based on a business relation and not the other way around so i think for us it's, it's pretty pretty clear when it's business and, and when it's personal um because i think if it's in terms of having a, a business partner you need to be able to get along on a personal end as well um and also with with clients of course if you have very personal uh, very good clients you also need to have some kind of personal relationship but I think it, it depends on where it started. If it starts out from business and turns personal, um, I think that's a little bit more safe than the other way around, because it can be a personal relationship or friendship that can be a stake if you are good friends and then cho- choose to go to business route afterwards. So I think that's that's a high risk for a lot of people. Yeah, I,
2: would, I would totally agree on that point. Uh, also that, you know, separating or knowing when to separate both the, the personal, but also the professional, uh, part of it i can imagine also with your with your business partner if you want to have uh, resolve any conflict that might occur then it will be hard if it's very mixed the two both the personal but also the professionals definitely see challenges but of course, it's beneficial to, to have a good personal relationship with connecting. Yeah, with
0: certainly people. some intri- intriguing takes on the way that it can be beneficial from, on both fronts. So I'll move on to the, the next point that was raised. It's what are your biggest challenges in gaining an efficient network and how did you alleviate these?
2: Yeah, so that's that's my question for, for Christopher. And then and the reason why I I asked this question is um, because I want to know how to get even more out of the network, because typically when you talk about people, it's just a buzzword being tossed around. And I really want to know, how can you actually make the most out of your network? How can you have a good approach to your network? How can you have long lasting relations with your network? And how can you actually gain something professionally from your network other than just having a LinkedIn profile or having um, small chats here and there? Uh,
1: I think it's it's a really good question. Start off by saying that. Uh, I think maybe the the best way to address this question is actually by providing an example of what I personally believe to be one of the worst ways uh, to create uh, networks with with new people. And that is like, I think maybe I get two or three messages every day uh, from people trying to sell, like other IT consultancies trying to make, they're not even trying to make partnerships, they're just trying to load developers and say, oh, we do. 100 technologies and it's you can see it's a very generic message they just send out to a bunch of people, uh, which I think is a, a very bad way just to give like some kind of sales pitch. Um, no matter what it is, it's a, you get like some generic message and you just uh, you get a little bit, uh, you get a little bit angry or you get a little bit disappointed in the amount of effort that people to uh, put in to do, you know, any kind of any step on a sales funnel or a partnership or whatever it may be. Um, and instead, some of the best uh, business relationships that I have are something that are maybe a little bit more personal and not so generic. And I know it sounds a little bit of cliche, but I think most people who are in sales will probably say the same thing, that you're not selling a product, you're, you're selling the relationship with the customer or, or the client. Uh, but I think that's very true. And I think that applies to almost anything, no matter if you're in sales or what your purpose is uh, of your network. That you need to have some kind of personal relationship with the, of course, still keeping it uh, very professional, but go into that personal relationship and understand who the uh, the opposing opposing person is, um, and then learn something about them, and then I'm sure that they will also learn something about you and and engage more and take more interest um, because I think. I, that's just from what I see that people are missing the most is that they get you get these generic messages, they focus more on the quantity rather than on the quality, um, to try to add as many random people as possible. Um, but instead, for example, um, I saw there was one UI UX designer um, who posted something which I thought was a really nice design, she really thought it through on like a dummy bank application that she did. Uh, and it's not even because I, you know, we wanted to use her for a project or something, but I just wrote to her that I thought she did a really good job, and I could see that she put a lot of effort into it. And then she was really happy and, and wrote back to me that, you know, it was so nice of me to to do something like that. So I thought that was a great example that you, that you see some work that somebody has done, or maybe you share some of your own work, and then some people respond to that, whether it's positive or constructive feedback or whatever it may be. And then you can see that those kind of people are the ones who are actually putting the effort into it and not just doing some sleazy sales pitch, (laughs) if you could put it like that.
0: Some good points. Yeah, certainly some good points on that front. And I think there's a fine balance, isn't there? There's a fine line. I think, as you say, you get people who are strictly with a sales pitch, the first point of connection. At the same time, there's a a balance between honesty and transparency in terms of would you prefer somebody to be open and blunt in regard to the sales pitch? Or would you, like you say, would you rather them network with you and like a an organic way and then to build the relationship on the bat prior to that i mean what's your take on the topic frederick in terms of some of the biggest challenges in you know gaining an efficient network and then alleviating these challenges
2: yeah i mean i'm actually um that is actually why i I asked the question is because i'm actually really trying to understand how to to gain this this efficient network as you said yourself uh, christopher um, the personal interaction and having uh, the people close to you, uh, and focusing on, on them and not the quantity, but more, more on the quality. I think that is something that definitely can alleviate one of the biggest challenges, which is gaining a meanif- meaningful meaningful uh, meaningful network and uh, and gaining some some close relations. Because I do believe that uh, I do believe that having those close relations uh, makes you focus more on having a friendly friendly interaction which is you want to help them because they're your friend that you you see them as a friend and hopefully also the other way around so they will help you in case of i feel like that that is the kind of relation that you want to strive toward of course there are many many methods to do that um i think maybe overall it's just being a good person and many things can entail to that but i'd say that's a challenge so it's,
0: it's definitely a big challenge what the both of you have put forward in terms of a lot of people go for the quantity as opposed to the quality of relationships and i think it's it's difficult to understand how these quality relationships can be built so you know if somebody was listening and you wanted to add value how can how would you go about it you made a good point there about a ux designer christian in terms of just reaching yeah. out being being organic on that front saying you like the work it's definitely a good way to build a relationship but would you have any more tips for somebody looking to expand the, the network in an organic
1: way i think uh for, for me personally, I think one of the best ways to do it is that you shouldn't be afraid to reach out even to people you don't know. I know there's this like a uh, common rule or common tendency that I hear a lot of people say that you shouldn't add people on LinkedIn that you don't know. And I think that may, that can be true in some cases, but I think there's nothing wrong with reaching out and uh, maybe putting a personal message. Hey, I saw, um, for example, there was actually a guy who contacted me, a guy, a student from Australia saying, Hey, I found your profile. Um, I, I saw what you're doing with your company and some of the work you've done in the past. Um, I think it's super cool, and I aspire to be someone like you one day, which I thought was, you know, very flattering. And I, I haven't achieved that much yet, <laughs> so maybe a bit too much. But uh, I was, uh, I, I wrote back to him and said, well, that's that's really great. And then he, he made some examples from some of the stuff that I've done. Um, and then I think that's that goes. I mean, if you get a, if you reach out to people like that. You know uh, mentioning some of their work um and again being, being personal and just being kind and respectful looking for some advice or looking to expand your network like that i think that's always a good approach and i think as long as you're asking for help um and you take interest in the other person maybe you've done a little bit of research before i haven't experienced any time that people were weren't you know able or didn't want to help me um but if you send like some generic message or you just add like random friend requests, then people might not respond. So if you do a little bit of due diligence on the person and you actually have uh, an interest in that person, I almost guarantee you that a, a lot of people are uh, able to help you and that you will gain a lot of personal benefit from doing from doing stuff like that. It just takes a little bit of, a little bit of effort, of course. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think it goes to the same as anything. I think preparation, a little bit of due diligence, you'll never fall short. On those fronts, but I think you've you've raised another good point here, Christopher, in terms of the next question that you asked. I mean, the two things almost juxtapose each other in terms of somebody being an introvert and networking. So I suppose it's definitely something that needs addressing as a challenge. So
1: you posed, what is the best approach for networking as an introvert? Yeah, that's right, and uh, I thought this was a was a really good uh, question or a really interesting question at least because I know there's a lot of people in the tech world that I've I know and at least some of the very best and more specialized uh, developers uh, might be tend to be I don't like this black and white notion that you can be an extrovert and an introvert I think you can be more introverted or more extroverted so I don't think the reality is that black and white but I think a lot of the uh, really good developers that I've worked with and uh, at least some of them that are more specialized tend to be a little bit more introverted um, so they can have all the skills in the world, but I often see that it's a it's a it's a bigger challenge for them building the network and really putting themselves out there because they spend a lot of time focusing on the code, specialising in, in in one simple thing within the the tech realm, uh, but then they don't spend that much time promoting themselves and really uh, being able to put themselves out there. Um, so my question would be, what is your advice for people like that, and and how can they bring themselves out there with the challenge of maybe not wanting to go out and being extroverted and then talking to a lot of people
2: that's a really good question uh, uh, christopher and and <laughs> i could say at first i i wouldn't view myself as an introvert so i cannot talk so much on behalf of, of introverts but i do have a lot of really close friends and and colleagues who are leaning more to to the introverted um, part on, on the spectrum and, and i agree with you it's it's not so so black and white it's it's, it's more of a, of a spectrum um, but i can assume that the social aspect of, of networking is, is very much disliked uh, by introverts, they would try to avoid that, uh, but some might want to have that network anyway. So um, I've given this this some uh, some thoughts about how you could actually create a network where you um, still find some joy in it. Because for introverts, I can imagine that you would be a bit appalled by having all this social interaction. So I guess that my, my first point would be that you, you have to find out a way Uh, Or find out what you want from from your network. What exactly is it that you're trying to gain from from having a network? And try to really pinpoint uh, the specifics. um, If it's technical details, or if it's it could be something social, but mostly if it's something within a specific um, technical area. And then it is about identifying the people that you want to connect with. And that is also something that myself, I'm I'm trying to, to, you know, develop and and lead the software and the business of SELREC, where I have to figure out what kind of people are relevant to my needs. Um, And in that uh, process, I'm also preparing and identifying um, my own, but also their interests so I can appeal. To, to the interest. Uh, and then, you know, the, the next step will probably for for an interview would either be to to leave out the ha- hello sh- social stuff, you could say, uh, like the small talk. Uh, but it is quite crucial to also ha- gain good relations. So, one thing I can imagine that uh, it could do is to uh, put on an invisible uniform or put on a persona uh, and try to make it an objective or a mission or a job to uh, create these relations. And um, if you have prepared, uh, what you want to know and, and the interest that you have and the, the interest the person you want to talk to and then it, it might be easier to put in this this persona um and then at the end uh, a little bit of reference to to an author called uh, daniel carnegie i don't know if you you two know of uh, his book uh, how to win friends and uh, and influence them it's a super yes. good book uh so many people book. um, one one thing that he really alleviates uh, our our pain points there is that um you should let Uh, Them do the talking. Should ask the questions and let them do the talking because by asking questions they will get uh, to know what your field of interests are and also what kind of skill set you are are having. So, so I guess like these points is something that um, you could go about as an as an introvert. But of course it's it is about building close relations with people if you really want to have an efficient network. I can imagine and you need the social stuff to it. But if you are really prepared and you kind of like Structure it in some way. Maybe it it will be easier and also a little bit more fun and enjoyable. Too. So, so that that would be my my take on it. I don't know. What do you think, Christopher? I uh,
1: I just want to say that the, the Daniel Carnegie recommendation was an absolute gem, and I recommend anybody uh, sitting at home maybe can relating to uh, the the topic of the question a little bit to read that book. And especially that point you made with other people doing the talking, I think was uh, was really nice because I think. That's a that's a very important point for a lot of introverts is also to be a good listener, which definitely encourages people to have more interest in you without doing that much of the speaking itself. Um, And beyond that, I would probably add that I think a lot of things that a lot of introverts can do, especially if they find themselves being more on on the tech side, you know, not really wanting to engage with people, um, wanting to be more focused on the technical side is that they need to find people that they can trust and maybe people who can help them do the the network for them Uh, because I think it's in all business relations it's also important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at so if you simply come to the conclusion that uh, you are not really that into uh, networking with people and you keep forcing yourself to do it but you'd much, much rather just focus on the technical side um, I think it's very important to to find the people who are really good at doing their stuff, but maybe don't understand the technical side very well. Um, I think at least that's what uh, what the own relationship I have with my business partner Alexander, uh, because I'm I don't really consider myself an introverted person, but I also have a limit to to how much let's say socializing or how many people I can talk to in a day. Where I need to do some kind of uh, some kind of different work where it's a little bit more technical, or at least talking with people who are who are more technical um, and, not, and not so let's say strictly business related. So I think we have a really good uh, a really good synergy there where I talk mostly with with people who are on the technical side, focus on the code itself. Then when it's you know something bigger, something more important, then uh, then I get involved as well, and then he he focuses on just talking with people in general. And I think really that finding those people for you as a technical, uh, person is, uh, is, is really important. And that's really gonna build a, a strong relationship instead of being a one-man army where you force yourself to do, um, all the networking, even though you don't really, you don't really want to do it. I think that will create a work environment for yourself. Um, that is much more enjoyable. And then if you can do it with people that, uh, that have the the set that you don't, and you can complement each other that way. Uh, it will just be a, a much more enjoyable ride for you, and then you can do it with people that you love and trust at the same time. That's uh, that's the beauty of it.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Um, having that uh, relation with someone where you can complement each other uh, on that aspect, so you can focus on what what actually interests you. It's a really good point um i do see that there are some challenges with, with the de- this aspect though uh, which is having that close relation also with a potential customer but also um maybe um, a business um, um, connection um, in regards to you know everyday work not this is extending beyond networking but just having that good communication with um, a customer you're delivering a product for or a service for yeah. or the developer who might want to isolate themselves and not have that contact with the customer and maybe communicate through a business consultant tend to be not so positive on the relation with the customer and having that direct communication between the developer and customer there is a better like, alignment on what is expected uh, so having both the option to of course limit so when a developer is developing of course they should focus on developing and not having that continuous communication with the customer, then it would be nice to have somebody who would take that role. But at the end, where you want to showcase what you have done, what you have developed, and aligning with with the potential customer, it, it, it is important that they can and, and also create that relation to to the customers. So I'd say that's also an important point to to this. Not just to isolate completely and leave it to uh, leave the responsibility to somebody else completely, but um, but also be able to to act on it. Can
0: I just add on that as well? what a brilliant book it was that you brought up there. I know you both supported it. Taking it back, I remember a key takeaway from that book was giving sincere appreciation to people. And it links back to, you said, the Australian student, Christopher, in the last section, to the answer to a previous question and how that, on the back of it, in terms of networking, being sincere, how it's a great opportunity to to further develop your network and alleviate some of the challenges. I mean, if we were to look at moving on from that question and we were going to go into the, the final one that was posed, are there any examples that you can provide whereby networking has provided an avenue for new opportunities? I'll so. let
2: you have that one, Christopher. First. <laughs>
1: okay. Put 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 on the spot here. I think uh, <laughs> I think definitely just on on the top of my head, uh, the one that I can say that uh, is definitely uh, the best example that I just thought of is actually when I used to work back in in PwC. Um, I was working in a department called security technology, which definitely, it was definitely in the consulting section. So everybody was, uh, they have, you know, both, several branches, but uh, this was in consulting, yeah. Um, and then they were not doing that much development, um, but I was still learning a lot at the time uh, because it was one of the, uh, you know, the largest uh, sections of the company which is of course a, a large company in itself. Uh, so I was I was definitely learning a lot, but I was not so much focused on the development in the technical aspects. Um, and then they just recently started up a new department called Data Factory, which was doing their own uh, cloud-based platform where they were running like artificial intelligence software as a service, which is of course um, a, a weird dream for for any developer. Um, and then I, I met that guy who was running the, Uh, department uh, one time and then he reached out to me saying, Hey, do you know someone who's a a good developer who could do some react front end programming? Uh, And then I said, well, you, you just have one of the the best right here. So why don't I just hop hop on board and then I can be there. And at that time I was still a student and he was like, yeah, well, I need a, I need a full-time guy. And I just said, you know what we'll let's have a talk, let's have a coffee and then we'll see if we can make it work. And then we made, we made it work uh, eventually. Um, and that was just from speaking with him. I think maybe one time or another time. Um, and then you know he gave me the opportunity, even though I was a little bit underqualified at that time. And it was a small department within a big company, which I think was the perfect combination for me uh, because I got a lot more responsibility um, than maybe I should have, because they were actually looking for a full-time guy. But gave me the position anyway. Um, and at the same time it was in a very big company so of course it looked great on the resume and you got the the experience from being inside a big organization and seeing how things work from the from the top to the bottom um, so that was like a, a very you know very subtle or very brief moment that I spoke with him but led to I think one of the greatest career opportunities in my uh, in my so far pretty short career
0: yeah well by yourself or... Have you got any examples where, you know, you're networking on LinkedIn, it's created new opportunities that you didn't currently see
2: previous? Yes, I mean, absolutely. I would say that um, networking for me has been quite lucky. Uh, I've accepted, you could say, some opportunities and I didn't know where it would actually end, but luckily it would end in in some really great opportunities. Uh, Back when I was uh, was studying, uh, I thought to myself that I should focus on my study. And I shouldn't really have a student job besides my studies because then I would use more time on, on studying. The case was that I didn't really do more studying; I just had more spare time. So I um, I was I was talking with some friends and and they were really recommending Visma. So Visma reached out to me um, via LinkedIn. So again, LinkedIn is a is a great platform to having um, to having a, a network a beneficial network. Uh, and highlighting those, uh, those opportunities. But yeah, they reached out to me um, and I accepted, starting as a student assistant, and they had some some issue in the finance. And this issue turned out to become a product called the uh, CellRack. Uh, so, if I didn't say yes to that opportunity, I wouldn't be sitting with SellRike. I would be doing consultancy work, regular consultancy work, which is also super great. But now I'm I'm leading a small team of five people because I said yes to that opportunity. And I wouldn't have that opportunity if I didn't have LinkedIn and I wasn't visible. It was actually my TA from my studies who were recognized because I talked with him in school and, you know, asked him maybe too many questions. So I was visible in his his mind when we probably reached out to him and say, you know, if anybody who would be interested in. Working at, at this month, So, networking is absolutely crucial of getting those those opportunities. And so, say, saying, saying yes to those opportunities can sometimes be beneficial, even though you don't know what's it, what entails. You don't feel like that might not be the right option, but just going ahead, see what happens.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think there as well, you said, you know, they've all come about from speaking to your TA, uh, to your TA being inquisitive, questioning, looking further down the line. And I think that in itself is a form of networking in terms of, you know, you put yourself out there to somebody in a position of. You know education and then that has further developed your career moving further down the line
2: absolutely absolutely i would say being uh, very visible is a good thing for for your network Uh, of course and i I think that's also one of my questions i don't know if we i don't think we went through it but i can i can lead into it Uh, because can there be some areas where it would be negative to use your network can you be too aggressive too greedy uh, when utilizing a network Where it actually has a negative effect because again yeah people are really doing quantitative networking and not qualitative networking of what I feel when strolling, uh, scrolling through. So so Christopher, maybe you can can have a take on, on that part. Um,
1: also very interesting question. I think for some people it can and for some people um, that's, not, that's not doing too much. I think it depends on what status you're coming from. I think I see a lot of like LinkedIn influencers that are really I think they're using the strategy of just providing as much content as possible so sometimes they just post a simple quote or write something that is super obvious and they gain a lot of traction and people are really happy for that anyway so I think when you're always already an established person you I, I see in my own opinion maybe it's a little bit rough to say but they can post almost anything and, and people will just uh, people will just accept it and, and be happy for it Um, But I think if you're coming up and you don't really have that great a network already, I think it's better to be a little bit more careful and be a little bit more humble uh, in the beginning. Um, And, you know, just just try to reach out to people, but have that humble attitude still. And if your dream is to become, you know, I call it a LinkedIn influencer, but a a big person who does a lot of content uh, and is, is an established person on that platform, um i think it's it's always better to be to be humble in the beginning because i think that's how how you reach the right people as i mentioned before taking personal interest in them knowing some of their background doing your due diligence um and and when you get the acknowledgement or you get the right advice from those type of people i think that's really going to help you up to to build a higher status no matter what your goal is um so i think at that time, it's better to be humble. But I think if you're already an established person, but you should still be humble. I think that's that's <laughs> my opinion. That's what I strive to be. Uh, but you know, you can you can do more things. You can put out more content. Um, and even if you say something that might be considered controversial, like oh, I think this programming language is the best, or something like that, it might just spark a debate, um, which will create more content. You know, it will create more likes and comments, and it will just help you even more. So I think when you're already an established person you you definitely have more options and you can choose to be uh more focused on on the on the quantity rather than on the quality but humble beginnings I think that's the best advice I can
2: give <laughs> yeah maybe sometimes you can even be too humble as we Dane Danes we know <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah and, and again now I would also refer it back to to Carnegie because there are some awesome awesome tips to how to um, do it in a proper way um, I guess if you interact with people through uh, through his guidance, you cannot almost not go wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, so but yeah, you, uh, Connor, what what's your, what's your take on it? Do you think uh, networking can be too too aggressive?
0: Yeah, I think it's dependent on the purpose and the motive behind it. I think you made a very interesting point before, Frederick, in regards to sometimes on the networking front you can have an agenda, and I think if you're constantly pumping out messages, constantly trying to Benefit yourself, then it can be too aggressive in that respect. I think you've got to be organic. And as Christopher said there, humble beginnings, brilliant point. And I'd, I'd, I'd take it even further. I'd say you should always be humble throughout, especially when networking, no matter how big you are. Even if you consider yourself a, a LinkedIn influencer, you should always be respectful, come across in a polite manner, and just try to be as organic as you can. On that front
2: I Totally agree and and I am also agreeing with with Christopher, it's a little bit unfair when you have a really established network. you know you can almost you know get your way with almost anything and on LinkedIn you will still get appraisal for it, whereas an, a newcomer who won't have who don't have that strong strong connections uh, will come off as annoying, almost a, a spam bot. <laughs> so yeah, it's a cool point.
0: yeah, and at that point we've addressed all the questions that we'd posed previously. I'm going to put it out to the floor. Is there anything further you'd like to add, or perhaps any final questions for one another?
2: I do have some few questions, but it do reach us a little bit outside of uh, outside of the topic. Uh, but yeah, I'm just super curious about what you do, Christopher Marweson, and then stalking your LinkedIn profile a little bit um, because you already have um, quite some different experiences, both being. A mentor and a, a tech lead and and, and cto um, yeah so so and and it's not it's not that far ago that you changed the shift in your career right from a from a developer no. and moving over to to leadership um, right. what, what made you make that decision that change
1: um that's a that's a good question and i think uh, i i didn't actually finish my studies uh, that long ago so i'm still relatively new on the job market um, but i think my uh uh, my way to being the CTO. Of course, that that title CTO, it's, it's it's a pretty big title, but of course it's in a in a pretty small company. So I think it all depends on on where you are. So we are we're not that established yet, even though we are we are trying our best every day, and we are we are in, on our, on our way, of course. Um, but I think for me, it was more uh, the idea of like running running your own thing and having your own company, um, which was really appealing to me. Um, So when I was a student, when I used to work at PwC, as I mentioned previously, I had, you know, almost the responsibility of being a a full-time employee. That's where I got the the most of my experience that that I was able to use um, to get uh, to a better position uh, almost immediately uh, when I used to work at Media Group, um, which is a company that does uh, different like SEO. Uh, kind of stuff. That oh, just jumped out I was actually there able to bit. get a, a senior. Oh, did it jump out? Sorry. It says yeah. uh, sometimes they had the, the, the network crisis a bit. Um, so from my experience on PwC, where I almost had, you know, this responsibility of being a, a full time, uh, even though I was still a student, I was able to get like a senior position pretty quickly. Um, and then I just thought, you know, even though it, it may, it may pay less, uh, and it may be more work. I think it's better that that we go we go full time on our, on our own thing and and go that route instead. Uh, because I think for me that was just the right choice to to, to try to build our own company, uh, to have that a little bit more responsibility and um, and just give it you all. Um, so so that's the, the way I worked up. So right now, as you can see on my LinkedIn profile, we have uh, real Solutions. Where we're running a, a couple of different larger projects, and then I have distraction.net uh, as well, which is a software as a service, um, specialized in doing backlinking, which is a uh, method for for SEO, search engine optimization, which is it's kind of kind of foreign for people who are not really into all of that. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and a lot of hours are spent having meetings and behind the computer in general. Um, but I think you know when, when you're young, that's that's when you gotta do it. That's when you have the time for it, and you don't have that many responsibilities. So I think that that's uh, that's my story, told told quite briefly. It's
2: it's super cool. It's it's really interesting. Uh, track you on, and um, it's quite quite brave that you you broke out of the big corp and and starting your own stuff. It's it's really cool. It's, um... It's actually quite mine. I do have I uh, it. do have uh, the, the own ambitions myself. You know, it it takes uh, it takes a lot of courage to to start on your own company. A lot of risk. <laughs> the the salary is uh, maybe not even present for a long time. I can imagine. So, but but as you say yourself, it's it's a really really good time to do because you're young and you have so many uh, options right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I wish you uh, the best of luck. I that mean, you have yeah the really best of luck. I appreciate it
1: very. Thank you very much and uh, i think uh, you now i was also stalking your uh, linkedin profile before the <laughs> meeting i can see um so to so be in the same and uh i mean maybe you could just give a, a brief intro to to your as well but an outro kind of thing yeah. is almost over
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean uh, at, at the beginning I, I had this idea or this plan that i wanted to just you know establish myself as um, a technical consultant to get that kind of technical expertise, to get that ground knowledge in any domains so that I would be better at communicating with technical peers. I do have a background in software development, but only for two years. So so my expertise within IT might be a little bit limited when it, when it comes to hands-on technical experience Uh, but then the opportunity with Sailrite just appeared immediately and of course I grabbed it uh, because it was super exciting Uh, the whole idea of having an innovative process where you can create something new is just super inspiring and then also you know trying to figure out how can you actually develop a business from this Uh, right now of course it's it's just an an internal project but we are a very large organization consisting of multiple semi semi semi-independent companies so so we're trying to on board there's a path to 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 get there development efforts and the cost of having that development effort is something that the organization is considering quite a lot to see if they want to invest in that to see if the the pain that it's alleviating it's it's large enough so we are on um on definitely on a mission right now it's, it's super interesting and it's just so but yeah
1: that's cool man i really appreciate the, the motivation you have and the passion you speak with and it also seems to me that uh You're also articulating yourself in a a very professional manner from being a a technical guy, which I think is a great skill to be able to to mix the technical with the more, let's say, business-related or or the the human-related element as well. So definitely best of luck to you as well and looking forward to following your journey. Appreciate it.
2: And you too, man. And
1: I can second that as well. (laughs) next year.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's an exciting journey that both of you are very early stages, but I can't wait to check in in the years to come and see how things progress. On the note of the podcast, I'd like to thank you both for some amazing contributions. If you'd like to be involved in a future episode of the podcast, please approach me on LinkedIn or email me at Connor.leyland at evolution-nordics.com. I'll see you soon.